2: another week another edition of the Obi one podcast made possible by betwinner it's john Obi Mikel it's myself chris mccarty we're back i've returned from london <laughs> i'm in the studio this week it was joe cole last week yep. john he was awesome
0: gotta say that he was ace he was ace love joe he was Zizou, really good
2: as you call Zizou, him
0: zizu like i call him yeah like we all call him heck of a Ah, uh, heck of a player a player who served the club. I, I, I mean, I didn't even know he was a ball boy for the club. As well. I, you know, uh, and, and he just said it uh, the other day, but I mean, it just shows that, you know, a kid who followed his dream and now, you know, achieved his dream of playing for the club that he loved, you know, was a ball boy for the club. And and, and to be able to achieve what he achieved with the club was absolutely amazing. Great guy, great footballer. Um, Yeah, but a guy that you, you know, when the ball hits his feet, oh. um, you, you, you guys are scratching your we had to get it off him because <laughs> he never wants to pass the ball oh, no.
2: well I'm, I'm interested for our next guest because we've got a lot of Chelsea fans obviously yes. you're a Chelsea legend a lot of Chelsea fans listen and watch this podcast we've got a lot of Nigerians your compatriots of course yeah, we've yeah. had Victor Osime we've had Victor Boniface episode 10 it's our first guest who isn't Nigerian and who hasn't played for Chelsea yeah. so I'm keen to know how this one's going to go down Ooh. but this this fella, you've been on his podcast. Talk to me about Rio Ferdinand and the respect that you have for him.
0: Oh, top man, top man. I mean, I, I've known New Year's, Rio since I, obviously, when I was, since I was 16, 17, when I went to, yeah, when you I went, went. to uh, trials at United. I, I actually met him uh, and we spoke about it when I was in his uh, podcast in London and I met him. Uh We talked about it uh, just briefly and he was like, you remember when, you know, we finished practice, me and you and the gaffer. The gaffer obviously invited me to come train with the big boys back then. And then after training, Rio took, actually, he actually took me to go and watch the under-17s the, the, the youth team training. For some reason, he had something, you know, he wanted to go watch the training that day. And it was like, come, come on, John Boy, let's go watch training. And then we actually went, we sat outside the pitch, just next to the pitch on a grass watching the watching the first uh, 17. the honor 17 train and then he said to me listen this is uh, what you can you 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 hear now and the gaffer really really likes you and the gaffer wants you here at the club uh, and we all want you to sign for the club. And I don't know if it's, if it was, if that was arranged by Fergie. Fergie. <laughs> right, Rio. take John. If it was staged by Fergie.
2: <laughs> Tell him we love him. Tell him we love him. <laughs> and we'll sign
0: Yeah, so he gave me the, so he gave me the whole bigging about the club and all that. And um, yeah, we had actually, that was when I met, that was when actually my friendship with Rio actually started. But then obviously I didn't sign for the club and for many years relationship fell off and every time we played against united i was looking at him i was going to say something to him but during the game obviously the 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 pressure the 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 the, the, the emotions running high and he wasn't even looking at me i was like sometimes i was trying to look at him giving him the eye but he wasn't even looking at me or something like that so i thought oh shit i think he's upset that i didn't sign for united but then yeah yeah that was the story but
2: I mean, what what a guy.
0: What a legend for the
2: club. Played for the club for, I think, 13, 14 years. Yeah, joined 2002, was it, after the World Cup, and then played all the way through. Left the club, David Moyes, the season after. So he would have left in 2014, I think. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it was 12 years. I think this day and age, he would have been the perfect, perfect defender
0: for for so many clubs this this, uh, day and age, because obviously, you know how good he is quick, good on the ball. He likes to play out of from, from the back. Obviously, it wasn't what the man is back then wanted. But right now, Rio would have been perfect because he can play out of the back. He's quick. He's strong. Uh, he would have been perfect.
2: I know these two fellas and, and we'll probably not go there with Rio. Don't see eye to eye, JT and Enrio. Rio. Well documented reasons. But as a partnership, Oof. You think about what John Terry was and you think what Rio was. I mean, they're a partnership. Amazing, amazing.
0: Obviously you have the JT who is perfect in terms of ter- timing the ball and timing where the ball is going to land. Great timing, great um, vision of where of how the game is, you know, playing, you know, JT can just sit there and read the game and know, and know exactly where, you know, the crosses are gonna come in from and he's there. You know, you're looking at who's clearing the ball, who's tackling, who's putting the head there. And that's what JT gives you. But obviously Rio is this guy, you know, very, very good on the ball, can play out from the back, strong, quick, um, I think they both complement each other. Yeah. So yeah, it would yeah, perfect, perfect. This is Obi, former Super Eagles and Chelsea midfielder, urging you all to sign up with Betwinner. Betwinner is a platform that offers sports betting, casino and games. Also, you stand a chance in getting up to two hundred percent bonus on registration. Remember to bet responsibly.
2: Well, i am like to say that Rio's now joined us. Uh, I don't know where he is. I think he looks as if he's in a hotel. But Rio, <laughs> great to have you on the podcast. It is the obi one Podcast. It's Episode 10, it's made possible by, of course, our good friends at Betwinner. How are you, my friend? Great to have you on the show.
1: I'm delighted to be with you guys, man. I've been watching you guys so far, don't worry, man. The last time... um... John you came on the show obviously you were launching your podcast and you guys are going from shrimp to shrimp. so I love what you guys are doing Dropping gems you're dropping bombs the lot exactly man
2: <laughs> listen it is great to have you on the podcast and so many questions I guess the first board a call you know we've got a legend of Chelsea to my right we've got a legend of Man United on the screen with us the rivalry between those two teams real? when you look back on United Chelsea you know the, all those battles with Fergie and Mourinho when you Look back in it. What's the kind of memories that stand out?
1: Yeah, battles. It was one of the, the toughest. I think that that Chelsea team was probably our toughest team we played, um, and the toughest team that kind of stayed around over a, a period of time as well. Um, we had we had tough games against like Arsenal at times, but a team we knew every time around that period that would come to Old Trafford or would go to Stamford Bridge. We knew it was what time it was. We knew it was a tough game, and we had to be at our best. I don't think there were many occasions when one of us wasn't at our best to beat the other. Um, and that says a lot about the two teams and the character in the two teams because, again, we play some huge games, FA Cup finals, Champions League finals, title decided almost, and uh, all huge moments. But where well, you need your biggest players to perform, you need your best players to perform or we'll come up with a moment. Um, but first and foremost, you've got to win that battle. And I think we, we had great footballers. We had great teams, we had great managers, characters, but all people that were willing to roll their sleeves up and first and foremost win that fight. And and that's what it was with Chelsea and us. I think that was probably a, a similar trait in both camps that we were willing to fight and we are willing to beat people in any which way they wanted.
2: Was there a different, I'll ask you this question as well, John, was there a different vibe in training that week leading up to taking on a Jose Mourinho-Chelsea-Rio?
1: Yeah, I think especially early. I think when he first came, no one was really ready for, for what he came with. He'd come from Porto. Yeah, he's won a Champions League, but we didn't really know what to expect. To, or would this translate to, to Premier League? And then by the time we woke up and realized Chelsea were too far ahead. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. We um that first season and and I think you, you what did you win it for two seasons that, that yeah. when he came? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah back yeah. to back. Yeah.
1: And it, 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 it took us it took us um it took us a bit of time to realize because we, we were used and comfortable to kind of coming out of the traps kind of slow with the confidence that we knew at the turn of the year we'd catch any team up and beat them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what had been going on prior to Chelsea and Mourinho coming into the, to the fray. So once they used to take a start like that and they were they were relentless, they just continued. It was like, whoa, okay. And I remember the manager, but this the season we won it and came back and won it. The manager said, listen, it's different now. We have to start as we mean to go on. We can't wait till Christmas now. We have to start... Focus day one pre season, and that's what happened. And we kind of rejigged and we, we we rebooted and came back and we won it back in that sense. But we knew we had to do something different this time.
2: What was Man United like, John? Obviously well-documented. You said it on Rio's podcast, for yeah. oh goodness sake. You turned down Fergie. You turned down yeah. United yeah. to move to Chelsea. Coming up against Rio and that United team, was it different? Was that the big fixture for Chelsea?
0: Oh, it was. It was, I think, not just the club as well, for me as well. It was always the big fixtures for me. Um, I, I think like Rio said, you know, it was always, you, you know, you could feel like, you know, some massive tension would come in up. So the week when you have to play against you know my United you know the diff, the training is different the atmosphere in the in the training ground is different everybody know okay it's time to put up 110 percent to be able to match these guys we have because for us they were the team to beat you know we have to beat my United if you want to win the trophy back then my united were the team that you have to beat so for us uh, the week before that we knowing that we have to be concentrated. Training, mood changes, Mourinho is on his, you know, he's on his, whatever it is, you know, trying to make sure everybody's tuned in, everybody's ready. Uh, If if, if you're not ready, he has to wake you up. So for us, knowing that, that these guys were the guys to beat, it just gives you that extra bit of motivation. You have to to beat my United if you want to win the trophy. It was just as simple as that.
2: And of course, Rio, you being at the back, you had a certain African king to attend with, uh, Didier Drogba. (laughs) How difficult was that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, listen. I, I've said this to Didier, and I've been—we've been together. and We've done different shows together, and I'm like, some game. I, I used to watch Didier and think, wow, he is destroying people. He is taking the Mick with like big players, like <laughs> players that we see and go, well, they're they playing for big, great clubs, have great careers, win loads of stuff, and Didier is bullying them and taking the Mick, and it's weird with Didier. I never really, f- I never felt on the receiving end of that. Were a performance where I thought, "Oh, he's absolutely bullied the life out of me," but he came up with some big moments in those yeah, games. Yeah, so he, he he didn't need to do that with me, and maybe that was just what, what our styles were conflicting, and that I was able to work with him. But he just found a moment in a game, and it was always the biggest games. Yeah, where he yeah. would produce a moment, and yeah. the FA Cup final extra time. Uh, where you won the league, you, you scored the goal. He's offside, by the way, Old Trafford. He's offside. No, it wasn't. He scored the goal against, uh, at, and, the, and you guys won the league at Old Trafford. He, he, he scored the big goal there late on. Uh, there are two moments there where even in those games, I look it, I'm looking at and thinking, I don't remember him playing really well in those games.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah,
1: this is him. This is what strikers strikers live like. This, yeah. So he yeah. was a he was a. Uh, one thing I loved about Didier it was the, the the character, the personality. You could see that he was smelling the aroma around big Mac day. He wanted to feel it. Some yeah. players want to put a gas mask on and say, "Don't give me this. I don't want to be a part of it." <laughs> He's like, "Give me more." Yeah, he enjoyed it. Yeah, my yeah. character. Did, did, yeah, I did. I, he demands this of himself. He wants to win. The biggest players they want the responsibility to win the biggest games. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, give yeah. me three or four chances. I don't. I don't care if I miss them. I'll miss them. But then give me the third or fourth or fifth chance and I'll score. That's it. So yeah. he's a, he was one of those guys, a top player and a good guy.
2: Yeah, we haven't really That's spoken true. about yeah. him a lot, John, a lot yeah. on the pod. We've talked a lot about John Terry, obviously Frank Lampard, Jose himself. What was DDA like in that
0: dressing room? No, I think, I think Ria just just said it all there. I mean, he he loved the big games. He was a guy who enjoyed... You know, when it comes to like little games, when you play against like the FA Cubs or, you know, you want to try... When we... Play against the likes of Stoke, uh, uh, clubs like... He never wanted to play those games. For him, it was the big games. The big games was what he lived for. You know, Champions League night, uh, quarter Champions League, big games, my United, Liverpool. That's where you see a DJ Drogba. That's where you, c- you can see from that week on a Monday, leading up to the week on a Saturday, you can see the you know his mood. You you can feel that he's engaged. He wants to, he wants that game. That's the he, he loves that challenge. And because he knows the manager will turn on him, because the manager will come and say, Didier, we know you the guy who's gonna win this game for us. Yeah. He loves that. He also loves that a little bit of attention. You know, Didier loves the attention. It's like a you know it's like a woman. You know, you, you pamper me, give him a little bit of attention, <laughs> and then he produces. So <laughs> that's Didier, but no big games. He was always there for us. He won us lots of big games.
2: I love Rio that you say he, he wasn't necessarily someone that would give you sleepless nights. You always felt you had a chance against Didier. Who's the striker then that maybe did give you sleepless nights during your career?
1: I don't know if sleepless nights, but I like all of the big, big players, you 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 spend extra care and attention on that before the Thierry Henrys. The in prime, the prime time, Nicholas Anelka. Yeah. The, the the Van Persies when he was at uh, Arsenal. The Burkamps, the Ronaldos, like the Rauls, like these guys, like Benzema's. You, Aguero. You, around and you go, Aguero. Wow, yeah, yeah. You look at these guys and you just think like, I've got to be on it. Like Tevez, I've got to be on it. But, it's funny, the, the player that probably gave me the most, the hardest games was Kevin Davis. What? Oh yeah, yeah he was—he
0: was—he was horrible to play against, though.
1: Yeah, just aggressive, <laughs> just aggressive, and he started start, start, start would make fights. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. I wanted to be clean. I wanted to nick the ball and play, and then nah. like sweep up and stuff. He just wanted to get hold of you and just <laughs> keep you there, don't let you move. So he was—he um, was one of my toughest opponents, I think. But but, but the players that give me the biggest problems wasn't necessarily the biggest names. It was more the players that played in that, like, not the, like a Firmino would have been a problem for me, the way he drops in. Do you know what I mean? That's the, the player who's asking you, do you want to come with me? Yeah, yeah. Into midfield, or are you going to, and leave a big hole? Or you want to then, stay there, yeah, or are yeah. You going to, are you going to stay there, and yeah. let me go and get the ball and turn, and be free? So, Burkamp, Zola, these type of players, Raul, they were asking me the harder questions in my mind about do I stay or do I go?
2: We've spoken a lot about Jose Mourinho. Rio, obviously, you never had the pleasure of playing under Jose. You did have the pleasure of playing under Sir Alex Ferguson, 26 years manager of Man United. People forget he was eight years at Aberdeen as well, for goodness sake. One of the greats, if not the greatest of all time. In your own words, Rio, what made him so special?
1: Hmm. I think his, his relentless desire to... Keep on improving, keep an appetite to win, but a desire to, to always evolve. You got to remember that twenty six years and eight years at Aberdeen—that's different generations. That's almost three generations yeah. of, of players that he's had to adapt the way that he approaches teams. You speak to the likes of Gordon Strachan and those guys who he had first at Aberdeen. His approach to those guys to when fast forward when he was talking to the likes of Danny Welbeck and Tom Cleverley, his approach was hugely different. That takes intelligence. That takes understanding. That takes an awareness of where you are in in in, in your life as a, as a, and your age. And talking to different generations of people. So his ability to evolve and adapt, I think, would, must be one of his greatest strengths because that then enables him to have that longevity to keep on churning out teams, turning teams over, and. and his ability to kind of get his teammates, his team on side and individuals on side. Like I've always said this about him. He knew my grand, my granddad's favorite drink. I mean, he knew, he knew my granddad, he knew my, if my mom was in hospital, he knew flowers would turn up. Like these are little yeah, details. Little things like that. They yeah. make you go the extra mile. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it becomes a sentimental. It becomes an emotional attachment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's true. I mean, when I back in the day, obviously, when you guys win the trophies that you've won, and you and you and you come off a massive season, and you feel like okay, you've won the league, and you've won maybe the FA Cup or something like that, and then you look, and the next and the next thing happens, pre-season and you see two or three players leaving, and you see two or three new players coming in, and you're thinking hold on a minute, we've just won the league and we've just won the, the, the FA Cup, why the it change? But that was the thing about him as well. He, he was never scared of making the big changes. Yeah. He was never scared of letting the big players go. If you feel like you know, you're gonna be bigger than the club, he'll let you go. He has always said yeah. it. There's no one is bigger than the club. Is that something that kept you guys on your toes? Did you guys, after season, you think, oh, who's coming in now? We know there's going to be a change. Is that something that kept you guys on your toes, really?
1: Yeah, I think we we always knew that there would be someone coming in. I remember the season when we um, when Cristiano Ronaldo signed, um, and we went this fall in Lisbon. It was only it, it was actually lucky that we signed him because. It was only on the disappointment of not signing Ronaldinho that summer. We tried to sign Ronaldinho and he chose to leave Paris Saint-Germain and went to Barcelona. I remember the oh, manager wow. devastated. Wow! And then on the tour, on the back end of the tour, we went to Sporting Lisbon to open the stadium for with a game. Cristiano Ronaldo plays and then the rest is history. Wow. Um, but we always knew there was big players coming. And that summer, Verón went to Chelsea. Yes, so right. A big player, he came in before, but he then left. Left, yeah. So we always, I always knew immediately that there was going to be re- a revolving door for players. If you come in and don't produce, you're gone. You, there's no like you're going to keep a player for four or five years who just isn't doing it. If you don't produce in year one or two, good night. The club was not really. The manager was very very decisive. But I think he always thought about yes, you win, but what's going to spark a new, um, and a, a new kind of desire within this team and this this changing room? Somebody new, somebody who brings something different, who's going to challenge other players. Like yeah. when we have bought, we bought probably one of the best strikers in form in Berbatov that year, comes in, top goal scorer, done the same with Robin Van Persie. The manager says, he'll win you the league. He yeah. won us the league. I mean, yeah. so these yeah. things, it, it, yeah. it played out. He didn't just do it, he done it and, it and it
2: played out. Mm. Uh, I watch a lot of interviews with you Rio you've done a lot of podcasts you've done Stephen Bartlett CEO of a Diary uh, Diary of a CEO sorry you've done the Fozcast with Ben Foster and in every one of those you talk a lot about the fact you weren't scared to stand up to Fergie you and Fergie clashed quite a bit Uh, talk to us about that the the not being you know coward by standing up to the boss to the gaffer to Sir Alex fucking Ferguson for goodness sake Where, where was that born from?
1: I think the, the the main part of it of like, listen, standing up to the manager and, and, and asking questions or questioning him or going against him in certain situations, like it wasn't often, but it did happen. But I think the only reason why I survived and I got through that is because I think he genuinely knew that I wasn't doing it from a selfish, egotistical point of view. Yeah. It was very much from a, a team basis. And after probably... Most of those things, when we've had those confrontations, I may go to him after and go, listen, boss, okay, I I do believe in what I said. I still stand by what I said, but maybe I should have approached it a different way or I should have come to you when it was just me and you. But when the emotions are so running so high in a team, and the moment, sometimes I couldn't control that and I'd go back or we'd have an argument and it'd be in front of the team. And now I look back now and say, okay, I could have probably chose my times better, but I probably still would go with what I went with at the time. Because I believed in what I was
2: saying. Mm. Was there a, an occasion, Rio, that he came through you? Is there one kind of instance that stands out where Fergie's come right at you and you've maybe not had a leg to stand on?
1: Not had a leg to stand on. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I
2: was
1: always no. right. I was always right. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I um, even the the racism near the, the the T shirt, the kick it out T shirt. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember I, that I one. Yeah. To, I, I refused to wear the kick it out T-shirt because I didn't believe that they kind of backed my brother in the situation um, with with John Terry. So I just didn't wear the T-shirt. I said I'm not wearing it. My mistake was I didn't tell the manager. But the manager's mistake was he done a press conference saying that all of his team will wear it. But he knew the situation that, that revolved around my brother, but didn't ask me. And I right. think after the, the after when I didn't say I'm not wearing it, he went crazy in change changing before the game. Luckily, we won the game. And uh, he didn't get, need to kill me anymore. <laughs> after. But I went and see him the next day and we kind of just talked it out. And he was like, yeah, may, I may, actually, maybe I should have come and spoken to you before. Um, because he's an honest guy. That's what I liked about him. He was honest. And if he thought, if, if he, he was, he wasn't just wrong and strong. If he thought that maybe you could have done something different as well. I think he was man enough to own up to that, which was always, as a player you kind of respected even more
2: uh, I loved as well Rio. you've admitted and this is a good one for you John yeah. a real candid admission from you Rio uh, and going through all interviews with different footballers I don't really recall footballers admitting to this but I think it was the Champions League quarterfinal against Bayern Munich over in uh, Bavaria over at the Allianz Arena you were winning 1-0 Fergie's making a couple of changes and you're thinking to yourself what the fuck's he doing here yeah. you know <laughs> outwardly you know, questioning and it's a question. put to you John times your manager's made a substitution where you're looking thinking oh no what's he doing bringing him on has that ever happened oh this this has
0: happened of course Mourinho has has done that as well he's you know he's the chief when it comes to you know making those tactical changes you know that we look at it we're like oh hold on a minute what's going on here (laughs) but then the player comes in and then it takes you five to ten minutes to see exactly what he's done And and if there's a space, if there was, you know, if we are considering whatever it is in this space, he's trying to close the space, or if we we see there's a space there where we can attack and create chances. The little changes that Mourinho made was that, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was a specialist in that, making those changes, and also when we have to defend, when we have to sit, sit deep and de- defend and, and suck in the pressure, and then counter attack. He was the best at that, and I, I and I'm sure also Fagi did that as well most of the time when you you know when you when you guys played.
2: Of course, on that occasion, though, Rio, you went on to lose two one, so you were right to say, "What the fuck are you doing?" Now? <laughs>
1: yeah, I was right again, man. I was right again. But you know what? It's M- Mourinho, yeah, I I, I love I love Mourinho. Do you know, that? I- he's one of the managers. Like, there's a handful of managers that in the game. You think, you know, I'd love to have played for him. I used to hear the Chelsea boys at England talking about him, and I used to think, "Fuck, man, I wish yeah. one day I could play for this guy." Because he seemed like he he was a bit like Fergie. He was quite a personal guy. Would talk to you and stuff. And then um, he's another one who's having to evolve with the times because he's going through a different generation of player. He can't treat these boys now how he treated you guys yeah. back then. Yeah. Very different approach. Yeah. So he's going through that transition um, and it's interesting to see how that turns out and pans out for him.
0: Yeah, but he's yeah, but saying that as well, that's very difficult for him as well. And when he when he's trying to... Because Mourinho is somebody, he, when he sees something, he has to say it. He has to confront you. Mm-hmm. He has to go at you. And because he feels for him, he's, that's the only way he's known how to get the best out of players. But right now, like you've just said, he has to... He's thinking... Oh, new generation! What, what shall I do here not to get in trouble? You know, he's, he, he's trying to hold himself and not to attack the way he did to us, because we were a different breed. Obviously, we were a different generation. We 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 could handle that, but you mm. know the young you know the young boys now, the young kids now. You feel you look at them, you think, can they handle that? Yeah. Well, they, exactly, just just what you've just said. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just shows how the game has evolved, really.
1: That's why I couldn't be a manager. I couldn't be a manager now, no chance, I don't think. I, I, would have, I wanted to try when I was younger, when I first retired, but I don't think I could be a manager now because I you've got to think too much about what you can and can't say where you should be able to be a bit emotional still and be able to hammer people. Without being judged, without being told, "Are oh, you bullying me?" and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, but it was interesting. Joe Cole was our guest last week, Rio, and and he said he admitted he was strong enough to take it. He was a bit of a punch bag for Josie. Josie knew how to press his buttons. Joe knew how to take it and and how to then incorporate that into his training and then into his game. In terms of it, United, who was the punching bag for Fergie? Who was the player that <laughs> Fergie liked to go to because mm-hmm. he knew he could handle it essentially.
1: The older players, it always goes to the experienced ones. Yeah. And then you think like, I don't know, Giggsy would make one mistake in the game or something. The manager would get into him and you'd see Giggsy, like, his head would be like giving you shit or something. And the manager would say something to Giggsy and he'd go, <laughs> and he'd say like, There's about three or four of the others that have been absolute shit and you're coming to me. <laughs> and then, but it, you understand he's digging someone out. He knows that it's not going to affect their performance. He's probably going to make that person like a Giggsy yeah. or a Gary Neville, or even a Wazza, go yeah. and play better or just better, refocus. Yeah. <laughs> but the impact will be on the other three. He knows he couldn't have gone direct to, but just because he's gone to Giggsy, maybe they're going to It's going to ripple effects going to hit them as well. That's yeah. how you should do it. So yeah. that's what was great about him. He, he, he wasn't a one size fits all kind of approach. He was like, I'm going to adapt the way I approach certain young players, foreign players, Nani, Anderson, they may not at a halftime be able to take that intense like verbal, so he'd have to go elsewhere to get to them. And it was really, it was really interesting when you see it when you, and you think about it. And we just talk about it quite a lot.
2: And then there's the fella Frank Lampard was to Josie, the fella that never gets bollocked, no matter what he does.
1: <laughs> no, Frank never did. Scolzi, I've, I've seen, I've seen Sculsey get red cards for stupid tackles. I've seen <laughs> do ma- the manager, didn't he? It's like the manager used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh what <laughs> happened? Oh, Scollzy got sent off. I'll, I'll, I'll look at the replay later. Sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> you've been shit. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: <nice>. Scollzy, <laughs> never. is like Poscos, isn't it? Never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to <Yeah>. Mourinho. He
0: was. <laughs> yeah, no 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 Lamps, Lamps was his uh Lamps was his favorite son. Lamps had never got in trouble with, with Jose not at all. I mean we know Lamps obviously Lamps was you know was a player who never you know he was always uh, a player who arrives in the box in the right time, you know, he gets those goals, wins those games as well just like Didier Drogba. But obviously there's there's a lot of things that, you know, during the game that Frank's never, Frank didn't do obviously when it comes to defending and trying to, you know, track your man when it comes. So all of that, Frank got away with that from Jose. You know what I mean, but oh, is that what I, you're saying?
1: Is that what you're saying? You, just, you used to clean up all of Frank's mess when he never used to track runners that? Is that. That was me.
0: That was me exactly.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so of course, <laughs> Josie had to come to. <laughs> he had to come to me. So obviously, he had to find somebody to blame. So he, he, you know, he came to me. But uh, Frank was his favorite, favorite, favorite son. Frank never got in trouble, and um, yeah, I mean, we used to come. we used to talk about it. But at the end of the day, you know he won us games. Uh, he scored lots of important he goals as well. He scored a so, lot yeah. of goals,
2: and we quizzed him, yeah. Rio. We quizzed Frank. It's the age-old debate: the the Gerard, the Frank, the Scholesy debate. You've played with all three, Rio. You've played with all three yeah. for England. You played with Scholesy at club football. Who who gets your vote? Having seen all three up close and personal, if you had to choose one. Um, oh,
1: it's hard, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) uh,
2: The one I enjoy
1: playing with most, and probably because I played most games with him, was Scolzi. Like, I I could give the ball to Scolzi and just say, I could shout a name and he wouldn't look, but he'd find them. Like, crazy stuff. And he used to do stuff, even opposing players were were going to me, like strikers were on marking. And I played the ball to Scolzi and we're both watching. It's like we're we're at the cinema just watching someone perform. (laughs) It's, it's, It's like... And I, I remember strikers going, do you do this every day? You get to, try to see that every day." <laughs> like no, no other player that I've played with, and I've heard other people talk about him like that. And he was just like, and what I loved about him, he could dict- he dictated a game, he could decide a game at a certain time of his career, and he got other people playing better. So there, those elements as well, where you think, wow, and I can play him the ball in any circumstances, he wouldn't be ruffled.
0: Yeah, whether yeah. it's
1: tight with people on him, I mean, he could beat the press with a feint of a shoulder and then play. Yeah, and he, he he wasn't six foot, he wasn't big and strong, and he wasn't quick. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. Like he, he he. And that, so that means that he's got something else. Even then, the mind, the mentality, the character, the personality, the tactical awareness. I just I thought he's a genius. But yeah, yeah. But then he's got the worst the tackle way, in I, the, the Premier I, League. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the way the way I would probably go, I would go. Um, um, I would go if I was a manager for a season. I'd probably go for Frank because I'm going to get twenty goals. I'm going to get my twenty goals out of him. I'm, I want that twenty from midfield. So I've got wow. a striker who's getting me twenty five, and I've got a midfielder of 20, 20 as well. I'm getting close to winning the league. Wow! Um, if if I'm if if, I, if I'm if I'm if I want a big win, a big moment, and win a big game, I will probably go Stevie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Big and games. if I'm going
1: to go and pay, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go and pay, if I'm going to go and pay to watch a game and watch a player, out of them three, I'm going to pay watch Sculzy. Yeah, yeah, nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah you've summed that yeah, up rather yeah, nicely there, Rio. Yeah. To be fair, uh, I'll take you back to Moscow, 2008. It's a sore one for John. It's a sore <laughs> one for all the Chelsea fans listening and watching this. But it's a heck of a memory. The it, was all the right it was only penalties. It was only penalties, mate. It was, it was nothing like that, that. The it game was balanced. It was just <laughs>
0: penalties. It wasn't like they played us out of the park. No. It
1: was just penalties, mate. Like an opening twenty match. get boss. Hey, for the first twenty, John. A win's a win, bro. A win's a win. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> you,
2: you can be honest though, Rio. You were shitting yourself when John was striking up to take that penalty to win it for Chelsea.
1: Oh mate, I was all over the place. the uh, one of the biggest things, reason why I was shitting him. I was not I was a couple of penalties next. I was only a few penalties next. Love I don't even want one of these. Please don't let me take a penalty. Don't let you take it. How can we even get there? We would have lost if I got up there.
2: <laughs> and then, when John misses, what well, take us back there? Hits the post, it goes wide. You're into sudden death. You're still in the Champions League. Was there a feeling in that kind of line? It's our time. We're going to do this now.
1: No, you don't. You, the only time you feel like it's our time is when that person misses or your keeper saves it, like Edwin saved an Elgar's penalty. And until then, it's still a lottery. You're just standing there hoping you're praying. People that have never believed in God or superpower <laughs> or high power. But you believing. were praying that day. go there, going like this. Please, man. Please, we've <laughs> come this far. I might not ever get here again.
2: Please, you start talking to the gods. So, and then the the final the next year.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I can I remember that final. It was so tense, it was oh. so tense, that final. I remember I didn't play the game, I was on the bench. It was so tense. I mean, watching watching the game from the bench, it was, I was like watching the, 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 the atmosphere, the tension and the players on the pitch. It was raining that day as well. Like yeah. it was soaking wet and, and, and I could see like, you know, the the players, everybody was just going through emotions. It was like and obviously we had Avram Grant and I look on the other side, you guys have you have Sir Alex Ferguson. I could see see him like, you know, dishing out instructions and all and, and things like that. And I you know, you look at our on our bench, you see Avram Grant sitting there like
1: <laughs> I'm like, How the fuck are we gonna win this game today? <laughs> There's no chance uh, here. <laughs> but you know what? It was a game of two halves. Like we destroyed you first half. It yeah, was, yeah. And it- we should have got about three goals in the first half. Second half, you had bit the, all the play. You should you hit the uh, you even hit the post, I think, in extra time as well. But it was just uh, no, no, it was it was. I played in three finals, man, and the Chelsea one was the most tense, one hundred percent, because it was two teams from the same country. Yeah, the the stakes felt felt even higher. You yeah, I mean, I'm gonna to go. To, I've got to go to England with those England players in the Chelsea team, and and if we don't beat you guys, it's like, whoa, man. I might not have to. I might have to be injured for that for that meet up. So like, it felt like there was more riding on it. It was weird
0: to catch on that what you just said. You know, because he just losing a game. He he feels like he doesn't want to come out of. He doesn't want to go to the international to meet up with a friend. But nowadays, it's like. It's too easy. It's too easy. You lose a game yeah, and it's yeah, too yeah. much friendliness. You know, it's like, oh, you lose a yeah. game, okay. It's like, and then you call your friend and you go out for dinner the next day, a rivalry team. Like, it's too easy. That's my problem with, you know, with this generation. It's not like this something that I have against, but it's just, it's too easy. It's too friendly. It's too clean. It's too nice. I just, I just don't, I just don't. Why is
1: that? Do you I think? don't know. Why do you think that I'll tell is you you what I think, My, 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 my reason why it is, is Say, for instance, I don't know, Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard. I see them twice a year, home and away, and then I see them and have contact with them at England games, maybe four or five times a year at England as well. It's probably That's probably free because of injuries and suspensions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I might see them on average five times a year and have contact with them. Now, these guys are chatting on social media every oh. other day. If someone, if someone posts a picture... They're liking, they're commenting, et cetera. So it's like us. We've become friends with people who we never even knew or never met before. But because I've seen their stuff on social media, yeah. we're kind of a little bit, of, we're kind of a bit connected. So when I see you, it's like, yeah, man, we're cool. We're, we're friends in that. Yeah. And this is the generation now. and It's kind of, we've got to adapt to them because exactly we was very much like, we was a resistance. We didn't want to chat to nobody. I didn't want to chat to Stevie. I was best friends with Frank. We grew up at West Ham. I hardly went out of him after because he's at Chelsea and I'm at Man United. Yeah, we just we just felt like we we drifted apart because I want to win, he wants to win, and we don't want to be together. But these guys are so much different, and I think that will make the England team stronger
2: yeah ah, that's a yeah, fair okay, point okay. yeah it actually works in favour of the international team as opposed mm. to the clubs uh, I want to touch on the two finals you reference
0: until they win
2: but, well, well that's it <laughs> Barca and 9 and Barca 11 uh, I speak to a lot of United fans and they've got their own views on this what was the better Barca's team for you Rio 9 or 11
1: oh, oh 11, 11. interesting oh, yeah. like that like, 9 we got beat but we could have won that game like we 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 had chances in the first 10-15 minutes could have been 3-0, right? And the game's very different. But they were a great team then, don't get me wrong. You gotta yeah. remember Eto, yeah. SC, yeah, Thierry Henry. Like they, they they were they were a great team still then, yeah. But the the way that the team played at Wembley Oh. Like it was it was men against boys. That was like, oh. I remember standing on the pitch after with the guys going Bro, that that, that was the most embarrassing night of my life. of hundreds of millions of people. Like they they played with us. And it, it was just like you could see the, the the evolution of a pep team. Oh he was starting out 0-9 and then all of a sudden through to eleven, this is a team, Is this is Pep do you know what I mean they were building Pep's team understanding it but then this was the real Pep's team Yeah, that yeah. 11 team was nasty they were nasty I think they beat any club team in history
2: to to play devil's advocate here though Rio and I'm getting, I'm looking at you because you've already you've already screamed at Fergie for substitutions that he made in 2010 you look at the starting 11 did we not play and I say we you can tell I'm a Man United fan did Man United not play into their hands it was Valencia it was Carrick it was Giggs it was Park and he played a front two of Rooney and Hernandez Mike Phelan I caught up with Mike recently and he said Fergie we debated it all week long do we shut up shop and Fergie said let's roll the dice we're Man United let's go for it were United not a little too open I take everything that you were saying but did United not play into their hands a little bit?
1: Yeah I mean I I, I disagreed with the manager's tactics that on that no, the first not one especially in Rome I remember mean, because he pulled me up after because I was talking about with a few of the lads in the change room after and obviously voicing my opinion but Mick Phelan heard what I was saying and obviously got back to the manager the manager waited months before he unloaded it on me but, um oh, okay yeah but I I um yeah I, I just thought we're we're trying to pr- we're, we wasn't we wasn't naturally a pressing team that would go on the like high up the pitch and press the best teams the best teams in Europe the Chelseas the the the, Arsenal's, the, the best teams in our league as well we were respectful of what they had to offer and we would sometimes say right okay we'll meet you halfway we're not going to go and drop on the edge of our box, yeah. but we'll meet yeah. you halfway. And then when we win it, we'll be effective and we'll be we'll we'll, we'll, we'll release our guns. Yeah, Cristiano's, Tevers, et Tevez, etc. But we'll 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 stand middle of the pitch. We're going to go back, but we weren't really a team to go right. We're going to meet you really high and go and press the life out of you. And we chose to do that in those two finals, and it was probably our undoing. You're doing that against the team, the the team probably who would prefer any team that Any way you attack, approach them would be the their first case scenario would be, Please press us. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's when they were at their best. Yeah, so I'm sure before that, all I was thinking, and I think now even more, that when Pep was getting his tactics and his teams ready, and both of those finally was he was thinking, I just hope and pray my dream case scenario is Man United come out and press us. Yeah, and we've done that both times.
2: Because you guys, and I'm looking at you, John, Chelsea, when it came to Barca, the physicality, you... No, no, no. We we never pressed
0: them. You can't press a Barca team. You can never press a... Because they'll pass the ball around you. They will find the space to get out. They will pass the ball around you because they're so good at it. A Pep team, they're so good at it. It doesn't matter, though, if they make a mistake, they will continue
2: to play the same way I always remember you know you, what I mean Jesse, you found a way to really stifle them the physicality
0: we did yeah we did because we we're very physical as well we we're very physical we uh, knowing that we you know we, we 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 know we knew where to shut we knew where to shut the spaces Obviously, we know the left side is where we need to shot a bit more because obviously we know that's where the great man operates from the left side. He likes to come in from the left side and get the ball and then do his magic. So the left side is where we, you know, we try to close a bit more. The, the right side is fine, but the left side. Then you, you, even if you have, if it's me playing as a holding midfield or my plus playing as a holding midfield that day, our job that day is not to 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 be too much. Into the game, we have to make sure our job was to defend the left side because we know Ashley is gonna once in a you know once in a while he wants to bump forward. So we, our job is to stay there and make sure that left side is protected. So that's why they didn't have that great success with us as well, and and, and it paid. You, you know we you know we had success with it. You know you we did. had great success. I, and
2: I'm it. laughing at you saying shut down Messi. The 2009 final, you and Vida Rio, Guardiola has a little tactical change, and Messi is playing through the middle. You must have been shitting yourself mm. in
1: <laughs> no no again like all we were thinking he's, I've not even got near him he's not even come anywhere near me he went into midfield and great created the overload so it was almost like five against two sometimes five against three in there and we're thinking like there's no way we can we were going spells of like three or four minutes without touching the ball now in a game of football to not touch the ball for that long is a lifetime yeah so yeah. And it was times in the game when me and manual were standing there going, there's not a striker within 20 yards of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so it was just such a new experience. And you imagine getting, seeing a new experience and new pictures in a game of that magnitude. Like, it's all right if you're seeing it in just like a Premier League game or a little cup game in the third round or whatever. Time to work it out. Oh, next time I'll sort it out, this is a Champions League final. You're not going to get another time. Yeah. yeah, game over.
0: This is Mikelo B, former Super Eagles and Chelsea midfielder, urging you all to sign up with Betwinner. Betwinner is a platform that offers sports betting, casino and games. Also, you stand a chance in getting up to 200% bonus on registration. Remember to bet responsibly.
2: Of course, you had the big fella as a teammate for a number of years, Cristiano. Uh, We we wouldn't be a podcast without asking about Cristiano. I know you're good mates. You saw him over in Saudi recently for the big boxing bout. The the growth of Cristiano, Rio, what's the kind of story that you'll always tell at dinner parties about him that just encapsulates what Cristiano Ronaldo was all about?
1: Uh, I've never seen a, a, a player who cares about the details as much as him. His attention to detail and the consistency with which he cares about those details is different levels I've ever seen. No one's got near it. I've seen players that go, yeah, I'm going to do yoga and they go and get into it or I'm going to eat well. and But it, it all doesn't come together and stick and stay. They might keep that little bit and keep doing that one, but then this one falls away and then they'll find yeah. a new fad. And then yeah. this guy's consistency is crazy. Like new ways in which, and look, always reading and looking up and researching on what's next what's the next way of recuperating and recovery after games and training or what's the next type of fuel does the body need to change and to be able to when you get when you get to 30 am i eating differently to before 30 now is my routine changing i'm sure listen his routine now will be different to when he was young because of the age and the workload and stuff and he's the data i'm sure he's he's absolutely nailed on with it and Like, there's no stone left unturned with this guy. And we can talk about ability and we can talk about his goals and his records and his trophies and his individual and team honors. But without that consistency and attention to detail, none of that happens.
0: I thought when you said you never seen a guy who cares so much about. I thought you were gonna say about his looks.
1: That's well. That's
0: well. He tell you. But then, yeah, I mean, like, let's say, I mean, I mean, I know, I mean, he was so dedicated to, 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 you know, to what he, you know, to the game, and uh, you know, I've always said that I will never discredit what Ronaldo has achieved as a player, as a person, you know, what he's done for the game is absolutely, absolutely mind-blowing. He keeps breaking record upon yeah. record and he's still doing it now. Um, but do you think he got, he thought himself, you know, there's this certain guy called Lionel Messi uh, that I have to beat. So he got a, a little bit too obsessed about training and wanting to beat, to beat Messi to be the best in the world, to be the best ever. Uh, Whereas the other guy is just chilling and just, you know, uh, do you think Ronaldo got a a little bit too much with the whole thing, with the whole rivalry thing? Or do you think it was just him just trying to win games?
1: Do you know what? I think it's just two different types of personalities. I think we've had it in tennis with Federer and Nadal. One shows their emotion, one doesn't. I think Cristiano is an emotional guy and you're always going to know how he feels. Because he gets emotional in situations and he'll show it and it comes out. And Lionel Messi is cold-blooded, the same win or lose, he looks the same. You'd never know if you saw a picture of him if his team was winning or losing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I don't believe that either of them, and I could be wrong, but this is my belief, I don't believe either of them do what they do without the other pushing the other one on. I I don't believe that one doesn't think about the other. I think that maybe one thinks about it a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe Christian and to think about it a bit more, but I do believe they both have used each other to keep growing and building and to achieve what they've done. Listen, nobody, nobody before, and I don't believe after, has ever done what these guys have done at the level they've done for as long as they've done it. There's people that have got to them heights. Yeah. But they've never stayed there for no. more than a two years, three years max. These guys have been there fifteen odd years. That's yeah, the best. It's crazy, man. <laughs> and they're still going? <laughs> yeah, and like Ronaldo, Ronaldo. There's mad stats. He like, he, I think he hit thirty, and he scored almost four hundred goals. He scored more more than some players in their whole careers after he hit thirty. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, Backers. yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
0: insane. Yeah. It's crazy. I was reading the, the. I was the other day. I was listening to to uh, 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 uh being sport. It was just some record that you know that. For somebody to break his record, you have to. I mean, Haaland has to score yeah. about four, is it 40 goals per season for about 16 years? Yeah, 43 goals. Yeah. It's just it's bonkers. Not happening? happening. Not happening. Not happening.
2: And, and be honest, because I remember his debut. He came off the bench against Bolton Wanderers, 2003. I think United won 4-1. And he was a bit of a show pony, Rio. Loved the lollipops. He was out in that wing. He still got fans off his seat. But, and I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. Could you have ever imagined that he would turn into the absolute... What he is, is he's... I mean, he's a Clydesdale horse. He is just day in, day out, gets the job done. Could you have ever envisaged that?
1: No, no, I think we all... When we saw him and first laid eyes on him in that game in Sporting Lisbon, we all—you could all see—wow, this is like a crazy talent. He could become the best in the world. This kid, that's what you think, but you don't—you don't think the amount of goals he's going to score, his ability to just win games on his own, and, and relentlessly score goals at the rate that he scored. That's no way. I don't care who you were, Fergie. No one saw that. I don't care. He made that happen. He had the ability, like you said, he could have stayed and been a show pony and, and drawn the crowds in week in, week out, but doesn't impact the game with goals and assists. This guy, when he came, he was doing that. When he left, he left the best player in the world who was deciding games, deciding league titles, the biggest trophies.
2: It is insane. And what he then went on to do at Real Madrid. It's very rare you can be a legend of a club the stature of Man United and still have enough time left in your career to be a legend at another football club. And that's what Ronnie did. I want to ask, Rion, Fergie's departure, 2013, where were you when you started to hear whispers that Fergie was heading off into retirement?
1: I think your WhatsApp messages started going crazy the night before. Um... And then before it hit the media, the day before it hit the media, and then in, on the morning coming in, everyone's texting each other. Have you heard the news? I think they're saying the manager might be leaving. Mm. And I always say this. How many times do you think the manager came into the players' changing room at, at, at the training ground? You, probably a handful of times in the, in the 13 years that I was at the club. And one of those was to say, guys, I'm just telling you now, before it goes in the media, I owe you that to tell you that before it hits the media, that I'm going to be going to be leaving. And I, I'll never forget that the the you feel like the air almost sap out of the changing room, like, and everyone's looking at each other, like, what? And I think, I remember Robin 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 van Persie signed because of the manager was there, really. His chance to win, but also because the manager was there. And I remember looking at him straight away because he hadn't had long with a manager. It was actually the only season he had with him, and he he adored the manager like all of us, but he was new to it. And I saw him, and he was like almost in tears. He might have even been in tears, like, wow what the hell, like, how's he leaving, man? Like, this is why I've come here. Yeah. And yeah. The, the guys were, were were kind of gobsmacked, really, but his reasons were, listen, he's, he's family and stuff, he's a family-orientated guy, so he, there was the reasons were genuine and, and everyone was totally respectful of that.
2: You mentioned Robin in tears. Did you shed a tear, Rio? No, no, I, I think we,
1: not a tear, but definitely, listen, it's something that you think, wow, this guy, anything I've done at this club, he's been part of. He's helped. He's been a major driver in the fact that I've got a cabinet full of trophies and I've got to come to a football club of this size and stay there for this long. He start, he's the one who pressed the button on it and said, yes, I want him. So but for to see him go out like that, it was... yeah. I, I, I never imagined that I'd be leaving the club after him. I thought yeah. I'd be walking out when, when, of my time and he'd be going a, little, a long time after. But yeah no definitely gutted and devastated at the time like all the players
2: were because I remember John you'll laugh at this that summer yeah. I was screaming gotta get Josie only man that plays <laughs> Fergie Jose. is Josie the only one that's got a big enough personality to come in and say yeah. I don't care what Fergie did the way he did it I'm Josie Mourinho I can do this but then of course David Moyes comes in the the chosen one as he was nicknamed <laughs> a lot's been said listen I've had many conversations many conversations with David Himself about this mistakes made. He, he chose to, Renny Mullenstein, Mike Phelan went out, Steve Round, Phil Neville came in. I mean, your first impressions when David Moyes, that first day of pre season, no Fergie, and it's David Moyes.
1: No, no, you, you uh, as a professional, you, you give them, you want them to do well. You've given him that chance and that time, definitely. But then a few things you see and you think, hold on a minute, this ain't the same. I think the biggest thing for me was that at, uh, that there was always too much focus on our opponents in training. Like we're Manchester United, they're meant to worry about us more. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we. And and what that does to a mindset is it, it presents an element. Is there fear here? Is he is he a bit scared? Which then filters through to the team. And there's certain players, and there's young and inexperienced players that. But all we're doing is talking about what if they do this, what if they do that, what about that. Like, forget to a point what they're going to We know what they're going to do, but this is what we're going to do. And that's going to override mm. anything that they do. And it's just that element there was, well, I thought that there needed to, be a, needed to be a bigger shift from thinking like an Everton manager to thinking like a Man United manager and how we've been used to thinking, how champions think. Cause we're the champions at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah. you're, you're, you're a champion, you're not worrying about the people you're mindful, you're respecting your opponents, but you're not worrying about them. And that's what it felt like. Um, but I, I do actually still feel sorry for David Moyes in that he had to follow that. That's big shoes to fill, man. Look at what we did. The of what I've said about the manager, Sir Alex Ferguson, just on his podcast. And then you go, okay, the Everton manager David Moyes comes in, who's got a great record, done great things at Everton, but coming to Man United is a whole different ball game after Sir yeah. Alex Ferguson. I think even Jose Mourinho may have struggled even then, following Sir Alex Ferguson. So to think that David Moyes should come in, it would be a free and easy run. Was was crazy. So
2: I love yeah. listening to Rio yeah. talking there about he felt David Moyes was too much about the opposition. We've spoken on this pod. Josie set you boys up. It was all about negating the qualities of your opposition. Of course it was, but but, but we were built for... We, we, he he
0: kind of like built us for that. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of built us to, to, to make sure that when we play the likes of my United, Liverpool... Arsenal, you know, we have to soak the pressure. We have to make sure we sit back and and soak the pressure and counter attack. Um, but then when we play against a lesser team, our our focus was how yeah. can we how can we break break them down? How can we get the ball and you know try to score goals? Try to make sure we create chances. But of course, when you play against the big guys, you know we have to the big teams. We have to make sure we sit there. Because we know they're going to come at us. They're going to come at us because they have the ball players, like you know, like the Paul Scholes. But, you, but you,
1: you, you always knew, though, John. I can, I always sense that with Chelsea. We're going to be hard to play against, but watch when we get the ball. We're going to hurt you. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so we, so yeah, so we, so, so we knew that, but for us, because obviously, Ma- that's what Mourinho wants us to do. And if you're not doing that, you're out of the door, you know, you're not playing. So you have to follow his, you have to follow the instructions. You have to make sure you follow instructions and just play to the instruction of what he's giving you. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, this guy's where, I mean, United. Yeah, yeah I, United I do it, for the, Just I
2: different mentalities I find really interesting, Rio. And you said there, you wanted to give David a chance. And then, I mean, he was out in his ear by the April. I mean, you, you're, you're literally, Man United have gone from Fergie to no manager in the space of eight months. And he signed what? Eight-year mm.
0: contract he signed or something like that? Six-year
2: contract, six years wasn't years it? Was, six yeah.
1: years, I think. Yeah, six years. But it is... It is the, the the club just changed dramatically you don't forget David Gill Mr Gill left then as well he was a huge cog in the, in the machine as well so when two big personalities and put two big influential characters at the football club leave in one go there's a big void um, and there was a bit of a vacuum you look at it and you look back and you think well people need to make sure that those those situations are, are cared for and looked after prior to the manager leaving yeah. but he wasn't taken care of properly with hindsight yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: interesting you talk about the care and you've mentioned this fella already tonight, Thierry Henry. Uh, we've seen uh, a big admission from uh, Thierry this past week that he was in some dark places during his playing career and it got me thinking Rio. 2003-04, that eight-month spell away from the game. How were you mentally back then? When you look back and you hear Thierry saying, listen, there were dark moments, even at, at the pinnacle, I was winning trophies with Arsenal, I had my dark moments. That eight- Eight month period for you, Rio. Is that the worst eight months up there? Was a worst eight months of your life?
1: I think it, it was the worst eight months in football um, because I, we're doing the thing that we love. We're playing the game that we love. We love you. you you to tell you if you're injured, it's just just like yeah. depressing. And you're yeah. sitting there, what, I'm, I, you're being stopped from doing what you love to do. Like anyone has something, a passion that they love, and they get told you can't do it. It's like what are you scratching your head? What do I do? And and, and add to that, that I felt I was hard done by and treated very differently to people that had gone before me. Um, so I was almost like a guinea pig and I was going to be used to kind of like, now there's new rules and regulations now. We're going to start with you. But the rules and regulations only came in, came in the new ones, so to speak, only came in and were implemented once my cases had started. And they were, okay, we're going to use you now as that guy. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's where I felt kind of hard done by and, and that made it harder. But I was talking about it, funny enough, with one of my friends. I probably never trained harder in my whole life um, wow. than around that eight months. Um, I probably had the least amount of time off I've ever had in my in my career in a period of time then. And I just applied myself, and it was all about just focusing on who said like, I'm not going to come back, who said I'm not, gonna, I shouldn't come back, who said I shouldn't play again, and use that all as fuel. And then I came back and I hit the ground running, and it was like I've never been away really.
2: Did you do that, Rio? That I find that fascinating psyche. You were looking at what journalists were saying, fellow players were saying, what pundits were saying, and you stored that and you used that as fuel.
1: Yeah, I, I, I read every article. I read every, you don't get to see as much now. Listen, with social media, there's much more to, to to kind of consume, but every single paper that went out and that my name was in, I had it. I read it. Every, with radio, I'd find that, I'd, I'd go and try and get the tape into it and listen to it and find. Uh, I, I know that that geezer there said that he said that that was all just fuel yeah. that's why when I look and, and, and I hate saying our, our generation but I, that's when I look sometimes at some players today and they're like oh I feel like I'm being criticized too much and it's like it's not fair and I'm thinking bro you haven't even been criticized properly you've not been told you shouldn't pull <laughs> you've a not shot been on crit- again. yeah exactly yeah you've not, you've not been told that you, you, you shouldn't come back to this club ever again and you you shouldn't be allowed to play it anymore, and you should be banned for long for three, four years, or whatever it is. But or do you know what I mean? Or, or people lying about uh, about you even, and, and you're going into your personal life and going through your phone records and all this stuff that Oof. starts unfolding and unraveling. You think, right? I am meant to be just playing football here, but this is even bigger than that. But wow, when I see people like moaning about being criticised just for playing football and making a mistake, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, you guys don't you? You must be weak.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean, it just comes back to the to, to same thing. I mean, it's, I know it's not a similar situation, but obviously, I have Antoni as well, who's coming back now, you know, in general, mm-hmm. he, he must, I mean, if you have uh, um, a bit of advice, something you can tell him right now, what would you say to him, you know? Because, yeah, you know, you I, know what... I, I listened to his uh, to his um, interview the other day. He said, you know, he's, he's ready. Similar to what you've just said, you know, he's ready, he's been... You know, doing his stuff behind, you know, behind the scene as well.
1: Yeah, I I just hope and pray that he's worked and he's worked at an intensity that's going to be anywhere near to what he's going to be required when he starts playing in the Premier League yeah. Because if he hasn't, if he hasn't, we'll quickly find out. He might get through game one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe, but beyond that, there'll be little niggles, there'll be injuries, and it will catch up because the body, the body can't allow for any any half measures. Mm. When you're playing at the level the Premier League requires you to play at physically, you have to be fine-tuned and ready. And 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 if he hasn't put those hard yards at the intensity required, then we will we will find out. But uh, looking at him and hearing him and listening to him, he sounds like he's done the work. He's done that them hard yards. So so good luck to him.
0: Do you think he's the a player that, that that Arsenal need if they have a chance of winning the the Premier League this season? Do you think Ivan mm. Tony is the player they need to be able to say okay? we will be there. We will not say 100% to win it, but to, to get them closer to, to, to at least saying they have a chance come come the end of the season. Do you think Aventon is that player they need in terms of goals as well?
1: Um, listen, his goal record's been really good in the Premier League. I think like Arsenal, they need, they need somebody who's going to be in an occupying centre-backs in the yeah. penalty area. Yeah. I think Jesus, Jesus is, I think he's a teammate's dream. I think every player loves playing with Jesus. Because they feel that he because he offers himself so much to the team. He does everything that you'd want as a teammate. He'll help you out, you're in, you're in a bad position. He'll run the extra yard. He'll chase down opponents. He'll keep possession of the ball, play people in. But I said this to him when I was with him, when I interviewed him a while ago. You get your goals in the box.
0: Yeah. In the box. If you're
1: disciplined and you stay in the box, you get your goals. And that's where you're going to be judged. Yeah. And he smiled. And I think he's got that Brazilian laid back want to play football, man. I want to enjoy the game vibe. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ivan Toney is probably a bit more focused on being in the box and want to score goals. So he might suit Arsenal, but have Arsenal got 100 million? I don't think Brentford sell for any price in this window. Yeah. If, if he, if he, if he, not this window got, though,
0: but Brentford, in the summer. Brentford, in the summer, probably. 60, 70, probably he, he can go for that.
1: Maybe. Summer might be too late. They might, that that window might go. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard one. I'm not sure. But yeah. I'd like to see... I'd like to see Tony at uh, notice uh, no disrespect to Brentford, but at a bigger club and yeah. to see that see what he can do because I think he's a, he's had a great journey a journey that's unconventional I think it'd be nice to see him cap it off at a big club and see now you're gonna go, what you're going to go we are
2: going to do Got to talk about your beloved United Rio uh, I mean where to start with this Firstly you've come in and I'd imagine a lot of people kind of poke fun at all these at the wheel give that man the contract have you in some ways been vindicated I won't reveal who I was talking to this past week but I was talking to a, a, a member of a club who analysed Man United under Ollie, he said to me Man United under Ollie were one of the toughest teams they were up where the peps and the Jurgen Klopp's to play against they went to their home stadium they passed them off the park they won have you been vindicated somewhat by United struggles what was it 33 game unbeaten run away from home Bruno Fernandes was scoring and assisting United were finding goals easier to come by it's a lot different now under Eric Ten Hag
1: yeah, I just, I just, if you go back to when I made them comments, I'd probably say 95% of the fan base were probably saying the same thing because they were on an unbelievable run. They just beat Paris Saint-Germain in Paris and they were flying at the time. And you're thinking, wow, this looks unbelievable. This is a bed of roses at the moment. You've got to give them the job. Oli couldn't, <laughs> could, couldn't have done no more at that time. Yeah. So to give yeah. him a contract wasn't like an outlandish statement. It's just the way that I, I presented it. Obviously, <laughs> with, 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 with time you can shape that how you want. Yeah. That's <laughs> to, be, to be a meme, and that's not a problem. But um, yeah, I mean, if you, I bet Ollie's sitting there now and going, okay, the, the job's not that easy, is it for people? Like I weren't doing that bad, was I? Um, and, and and he could justifiably say that, but I just think that it's, it's what we're finding. It's just it's not. Necessarily going to be one thing is going to fix this. It's not just a manager that's going to fix this. We've had we've had managers of different level, different experience come in, and all have had the same outcome: been shown the door. So, what else is it? There the, is the framework within the club. It's the structure behind the scenes, and I just hope now that the new guys that are coming in um, in your group who have experience in sport, have experience in different sports, but also in in, um, in football. Can come in and really shape this club now into a really well-oiled machine that will begin to know how to function really well off the pitch and doing best of practice off the pitch, and then that can filter through to the to the team. Um, because I think if it's not functioning behind the scenes and the the system isn't working behind the scenes, then on the pitch it's not going to happen. You look at the best clubs, the world, when they run, Liverpool when they're winning. Everyone's talking about Michael Edwards and the, and the team he had behind the team. Uh, at, at Liverpool. It wasn't just club. You got Pep Guardiola. Before he came there, there were two people that went in there to set the stand and set the ball rolling before behind the scenes. And now look what they've built there, among yeah. other people being put in, put in behind the scenes. So, foundations of the club give you a chance and a platform to perform.
2: You've spent time with Eric. I know in your guys at TNT Sports, you've, you've had a lot of FaceTime with him. What's your vibe from Eric Ten Hag, Rio? Do you like him? Do you feel he is the right man for the job?
1: Yeah, I like him. I've got a, I've got a good rapport with him, and I think I, more than liking him, I can see that he's desperate to win. He's desperate to make it change and make it work. You can see that. You can see he's he's very diligent and he's meticulous, and he seems a little bit like he's one of those guys who's finicky, trying to work things out to make his team better and and, and make his team win. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, the team hasn't shaped up. They haven't found the consistency. I think that's one of the big key words: the consistency you get a performance that I United every now and again and you think okay they're back this is us they do it to us all the time as fans right we go well, okay guys we're back we're back in the WhatsApp group now we're throwing a few texts yeah. about now we're in again and then they fall over again and then they produce <laughs> one of the performances we've been used to where it's drab it's a bit offbeat and, and I, I spoke to him in uh, before the Galatasaray game and he mentioned the injuries it's not an excuse but we've had a catastrophic amount of injuries and he is right but yeah At the same time, listen man, when you spend the club spent almost over a billion pounds, that, that, that kind of excuse or argument kind of gets negated a little bit and people don't hear it as strongly because the amount that you've spent.
0: I mean, we had Jose Mourinho here, and uh, and, and, and 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 we we obviously. I, I know you must have seen it. We when you asked him, who 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 did he think who's gonna win the Premier League? And obviously, you know, you saw <laughs> you saw his verdict <laughs> with City okay. and Liverpool. But do you think that Jose Cross is actually <laughs> the curse is actually affecting <laughs> Arsenal? Because ever since that interview, <laughs> or podcast, whatever it is. They, they've won what? One in seven. One in seven games.
1: I mean... No, no, the no guy... Jose, yeah. Jose needs to go <laughs> and get a deal with a betting company. I think on already because he knows what he's... Thought. He's the one who said... Remember he said when he left Man United and everyone thought he was crazy. He said, oh. <laughs> yeah. I need to get him to yeah. with Bet Winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's more stuff going on behind the, the scenes. Finishing second is my most successful season I've ever had at 99 because of what's happening and now we're all seeing it he knew he just didn't tell us and he knows about with what's going on with Arsenal they've hit a brick wall he called it before it happened <laughs> I, 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 I think because Arsenal don't have a number 9 he's going to get 25 goals this season that they're going to come up short again Yeah, I think City City have got the experience and they've got the know-how and they've got the talent and they've got Pep
2: City for you Rio they still win the league yeah interesting yeah, comfortable they'll get the job done and I'll ask you this one as a United fan is Eric Ten Hag still Man United boss at the start of next season ooh ooh <laughs> he, he, he needs to have a, he
1: needs to have a, a massive upturn in performances and results for me
2: to say yes at that yeah I agree I agree listen Rio Ferdinand you've given us more than enough time absolute pleasure to have you on the Obi-Wan podcast made possible by Betwinner 5 is going strong I was going to say where can we find you yeah. we find you everywhere on <laughs> the fucking internet right now five. Saudi Saudi five, man Saudi, Saudi he lives in Saudi right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going there soon I'm going back to there soon man
0: I'll
1: see you there <laughs> you, are you there for the Fury Usyk fight I will be, yeah. I'm making plans.
2: Of course. <laughs> and I know you're a boxing fan. Nganu AJ. Come on, give us a prediction. Who wins that fight?
1: AJ. Nganu. Nganu can't be AJ. N'ganu. I like it. Uh, I, I don't think boxing allows N'Ganu to win that fight. <laughs> oh, okay, true. Okay, there
0: you go. That I that that I accept. If you put it that way, then I accept that way. I accept yeah. it. Yeah.
2: And Ganu for me. (laughs) I reckon Ganu sparks him. Rio, top man. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Cheers,
0: big bro. Cheers, guys. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Thank you, man.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.